Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to a Monday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks, as always, for being with us. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit PearlRiverResort.com for more information. You want to be a part of the conversation, and boy, have we got plenty to talk about. You can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. We got a giggle from Brian Haydad going into the week. That means we are set for we it's going to be a tough a show for week. me. Is it? <laughs> I got a lot to laugh about. <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, 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 yeah, C Spire uh, Text Line. I want to give your business the edge. Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world class IT uh, experts who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. Cspire.com slash business. What? A weekend in college football. You know how we do it. We're going to blitz in just a moment. But first, 30 seconds maximum for both of you since you're in a giggly mood. Hey, Dad, why don't you, why don't you giggle through your 30 seconds? <laughs> He's a man of integrity, I'm told. I can't <laughs> wait to hear more about him. I'll be breaking out all the A game today, all my best jokes. Get ready. All right. I mean, in case you have not been online in the last 20 minutes, John Cohen, you guys know John Cohen, I believe tomorrow is going to stand behind a podium and introduce Hugh Freeze as his next football coach. I mean, look at hey Dad. Look at him. No, in fairness, John Cohen was not the athletics director at Mississippi State when all of the stuff happened. No, he was still coaching he baseball. Him. He was still coaching baseball at the time, just an innocent oh bystander. Goodness. Yeah, well, like Jerry Falwell. So, all fifty-eight points, huh? Oh, here they go. The, I told right, you, the best of the best today. Right. Let's go. Let's, let's just, blitz. Let's blitz. There was a game on Thursday night, but we'll get to that a little bit later. In case you weren't with us on Friday, Mississippi State won the Egg Bowl to start the weekend, 24-22 over Ole Miss. We go to Friday. 
Pretty fun game in the American Conference. Tulane won 27-24 on the road against Cincinnati. Snap Cincinnati's 32-game home winning streak. It was also the first time Tulane had beat a top 25 team in 61 tries. That win earned them the right to host the American Conference Championship game. And uh, we'll tell you who that's going to be against when we uh, get a little deeper into the Blitz. Uh, Texas, well, they were at least back at all in Austin on Sat on. Uh, ooh, that was on Friday also. Thirty-eight twenty-seven. Texas over Baylor. Uh, Texas finishes the regular season eight and four. They still had a chance to get to the Big Twelve championship game, but other results mean that they will just be playing in a bowl as uh, Texas eight and four. Oh wait, no, that's Texas A and M. That's yeah. We'll get to them in a second as well. Uh, NC State and North Carolina, double overtime. Missed field goal by North Carolina was the difference as NC State wins it 30-27. So North Carolina is headed to the ACC championship game to face Clemson after dropping their last two in the regular season. Yeah, epic collapse there. Had an outside shot at making the playoff and couldn't win two games that they were favored in. That's tough. A very outside shot. But, yeah, they, they were, outside. you know, there was a heartbeat there. Uh, Columbia, Missouri. Missouri needed one win in its final game of the regular season to get to bowl eligibility. And by golly, they got it. 29-27 over the Arkansas Razorbacks, and that means both Arkansas and Missouri finished the year at 6-6. Six and six, But both are bowl eligible. Uh, a wild one on Friday night. Defense optional. Florida State 45, Florida 38. That was an entertaining football game if uh, offense is what you wanted to see. Uh, By the way, Florida State sweeps their in-state rivals this year in Miami, blew them out, and a close one, a nail-biter, against the Florida Gators. The game. 17 million people tuned in for Michigan and Ohio State. One of those teams looked really good. The other is named Ohio State. Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. Big, big, big plays over and over for the Wolverines. Remember when Ohio State used to be really tough and physical defensively? What happened there? Hmm. Those have reversed. Yeah, I don't even really know why I included this one other than not what we're seeing with Oklahoma State. West Virginia went to Stillwater and beat them 24 19. Uh, Neil Brown's on his way out at West Virginia, I think. Is that official? Have they officially fired him, or do we... Anyway. It's just the assumption. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's going to happen. West Virginia went 5-7, and seven, Oklahoma State 7-5. and five. Ooh, in a Michael Borky home state special. South Carolina, Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks roll into Death Valley... And they snapped the nation's longest home winning streak, winning 31-30 over Clemson. That is back-to-back wins against top 10 teams to close out the regular season. We all saw this coming. South Carolina finishes the regular season 8-4, and four, just like we all predicted. Great win. Uh, here's your take of the day, though. The dynasty, if you want to call it that, for Clemson football, over. Done. They will. Yeah. They, they are not going to regularly compete for championships anymore. It's over. Three weeks ago, Liberty went to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. After that, they lost to UConn, and then they lost to New Mexico State, not by a little, but by a lot. Forty-nine, fourteen. 
Perhaps there were some distractions in Lynchburg. Georgia, workmanlike, kind of played with their food for a while, ultimately pulled away in clean old-fashioned hate, 37-14 over the rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Um, How about a tip of the cap to Kelso? Coastal Carolina is a pretty good football team. So is James Madison. They're just not eligible for the postseason. James Madison beat Coastal Carolina 47-7 on yeah, Saturday. Coastal without Grayson McCall, but he doesn't play defense. That is a true statement. Actually, both of those were true statements. The best game in college football that happened this weekend that nobody watched. I was there. There were about 4,000 people inside Lincoln Financial Field. East Carolina, go-ahead touchdown with 71 seconds remaining to win 49-46 over Temple. Guys, I'm telling you, it was a great football game. Uh, Kentucky over Louisville, 26-13. Mark Stoops' team finishes the year 7-5. So does Louisville. Uh, Will Levis actually pretty good. And you remember all the kicking troubles that Kentucky's had this year? Matt Ruffalo actually kicked it pretty well. 26-13, Cats over the Cards. How about the job that Mike Elko did in year one in Durham, North Carolina? The Duke Blue Devils just went 8-4, and and they closed it out with a 34-31 win over Wake Forest. Demon Deacons finished the season 7-5. and Some jokes never get old. Northwestern is still undefeated in Ireland. They're still winless in North America. Illinois beats Champions Northwestern 41-3. Wonder what it's like to start the season 1-0, only to lose 11 straight. Of Northwestern versus Real Madrid for the real champion of Europe's uh, title. How about the job that John Summerall did at Troy in year number one? They go 10-2, and and they close it out with a 48-19 win over Arkansas State. Tough sledding for Butch Jones and the Red Wolves at ASU. Yeah, after uh, Auburn's looking for another football coach in two years, Summerall should be on their radar. Yeah, you're, you're right. Although it feels like Kentucky's <clears throat> going to be the spot that he ultimately lands if Mark Stoops ever moves on. Yeah, if you're in the East, you hope that doesn't happen because uh, he's good. Could be a hot seat in the Bluff City. SMU beats Memphis 34-31. Now, Memphis is bowl eligible. You got to realize Memphis is a couple of years from reg- uh, removed from regularly playing for a Conference USA or I'm sorry American Conference Championship. They finished this year six and six after SMU gets the win. The Iron Bowl 49-27 was the final. Alabama over Auburn. Bama goes ten and two. It would take absolute chaos for Bama to get into the playoff. Although there was a point on Saturday where it looked like that chaos might be in play. Purdue wins the Big Ten West with a 30-16 win over Indiana. They will beat Michigan in in, um, in Indianapolis, right, in the Big Ten championship game. That's right. The uh, promos are funny, by the way. I've been watching the World Cup, which is also on Fox, and uh, they did this during the Ohio or, uh, during the nightcap games as well. It was Blake Corum and Michigan keeps their undefeated season and playoff hopes alive as they go to the Big Ten championship to face Purdue. Saturday on Fox. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pick up the Blitz when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, Monday afternoon, the 28th of November, with you.
Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. I think it's good news for everyone that Twitter um, that the uh, the the news of Twitter's death was greatly exaggerated. Demise, Twitter's demise was greatly exaggerated because Twitter is on one right now. Every corner of the Twitterverse is is uh, well, not every corner, but the sports corners of the Twitterverse are uh, on a bit of a uh, a roll right now. With the news that Auburn is hiring Hugh Freeze as its next head coach, we will get to that. But first. There is good content remaining that we must finish in the Blitz from the weekend that was the final regular season of college football. Oregon led 31-10 over Oregon State in a game formerly known as the Civil War. But because that's politically incorrect, they now just call it the Platypus Trophy game. Well, the Oregon State Beavers were great. I was trying to come up with like multi. Is, is platypus plural platypi? I or is think it it's just platypi. Platy- or, or platypus, like deer. It should be platypi if it's not. Regardless, the Beavers won 38 34 over the Oregon Ducks. And um, that was a fun game. Utah. A 63-21 winner over Colorado. Colorado fired Carl Durrell early in the season. Immediately after firing him, they won one game this year. That was with an interim head coach, and then they lost all the rest of their games. The reason that I mentioned Colorado, well, that's relevant in the state of Mississippi because Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, confirmed on the SWAC uh, conference call earlier today that he indeed had been offered the head coaching job by Colorado. He did not confirm whether or not he was going to be taking that job. So TCU has been, um, uh, they've been kicked around a bit, right? You you have to come from behind to win. You don't play enough defense. You, 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 you. Well, they just put it all to rest on Saturday. 62-14. to TCU with an emphatic regular season finale win over Iowa State. They've got a rematch coming up with Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Congratulations are in order to Will Hall and the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. They are bowl eligible. Southern Miss 20, ULM 10 in the slop in Monroe. They got to 6-6. They will play again this season. The other half of the American Conference Championship game that I mentioned a bit ago was not without drama. All UCF had to do was get a win over South Florida. South Florida went into that game 1-10, but you don't just waltz into the war on I-4 and expect to come out with a victory without playing hard. South Florida played hard to the end. UCF wins it 46-39 over USF, and they will meet Tulane in a rematch from a game three weeks ago back at Yulman Stadium. Remember John Rice Plumley the first time they went to Tulane? He went nuts, rushed for about 175 yards and three touchdowns. That'll be a fun one on Saturday. 
We all saw this coming. Texas A&M, who had been terrible all season long, winning by 15 at home against LSU on Saturday night in the season finale. 38-23, LSU finishes 9-3. The luster of the SEC championship game is now non-existent for the first time that I can remember in at least a decade. You can buy tickets on the secondary market for the SEC championship game for below face value. 9 and 2, 10 and 2 LSU with an outside chance of the playoff. That was plenty of fun. 9 and 3 LSU against undefeated Georgia with no chance of getting to the playoff. Less fun. Poor Vanderbilt. Chance to get the bowl eligibility. Eh, well, it wasn't a chance for long. They were down 14 to nothing early, then 21 to nothing at the half. Then they gave up 21 more in the third quarter, then 14 more in the fourth quarter. Style points, I guess, for Tennessee. 56 nothing over Vandy. Think we crowned a Heisman Trophy winner on Saturday night. Caleb Williams yeah. was outstanding in the 38-27 win over Notre Dame. Coliseum looked like it had not looked since the Pete Carroll days. Absolutely sold out. Packed to the gills. It was great. Kansas State was great on Saturday night as well. 47-27 over Kansas. If you have not watched Deuce Vaughn play football, you are missing out. BYU 35-26 over Stanford. I mentioned this one because after the game, David Shaw announced that he was resigning as head football coach at Stanford University. And that is your blitz. What a weekend. Wow. Oh, incredible. And it it got started in the best way, right? Ohio State-Michigan was, like, unsurprisingly really compelling. It got crazy late, but the atmosphere was outstanding and all that. And paired with that, South Carolina upsetting Clemson. And then there was that lull, and then it picked right back up again at night, too. Mm-hmm. It sure did. Although, I don't know how much of the Iron Bowl you watched. Did you, how, much do, how much could you stomach? Uh, it started while my the game that I was doing was on the air, and so I just kind of... Had it on in the background. I, I didn't watch a ton of it. Yeah. They, it was on, but I, I was flipping with that in Oregon, Oregon State. They spent a significant amount of time talking about Alabama's path to the college football playoff. They still had one at that point. Sort of. But why on if you compare the resumes and now maybe Hendon Hooker is enough but when people say and the ranking came out and Alabama was ahead of Tennessee why Tennessee's got more ranked wins they have a head to head win better strength they're in the schedule categories in the team comparison categories Tennessee has better than Alabama now they do have a loss where they gave up 63 points but still mm-hmm. if we're talking about path for Alabama to get in then USC needs to lose. TCU needs to lose. I mean, are they going to jump Ohio State? I don't know. I, I found that so annoying. It's why is that what you're talking about? Of all things, let's get Alabama in the playoff. Come on, well, the game wasn't that close, was it? <clears throat> no, but not everything. In the SEC is Alabama. There are other teams that have arguments also. And I know Alabama's in front of them, but let's be honest, it's Gary. If he was calling a Tennessee game, he'd be talking about Alabama's path to the playoff. I, 
I'm switching gears on you. I, I hear you. I, I don't. I mean, I yes. Should we be surprised? I mean, Gary Danielson spends more time around that program than any other program in the SEC, and he has for a decade, and so he just kind of plays the only, hits. Only one more game with him that you got to worry about. Only one more. You got one more. Um, is that right, or is there one more season of CBS? I thought it was, I thought it was switching over next year. The Big Ten's been teasing twenty twenty three. Okay, maybe that's right. Yeah. I, I I've just lost track. Like in, in with all the different dates that we've got floating around, I, I lost track for a second. How about this? Uh, Chris Lowe wrote the story on ESPN sources. Freeze leaves Liberty, takes Auburn job. But listen to the subheading. After a thorough search process following Brian Harson's firing, Auburn and Hugh Freeze agreed to a contract on Monday, making the former Ole Miss and Liberty coach the Tigers' new coach as the 53-year-old returns to the SEC West. Is that how you classify it, as a thorough search process? Very thorough. 58-point checklist. I, I mean, how many check marks did, uh, did Hugh Freeze get on that 58-point list, do you think? I don't know what the questions were, so uh, that's, that's uh, I can't tell you. What I've what, what you've already seen, and you're going to continue to see it. I, I just saw it from Chris Lowe. It's going to be a lot of people that, for one reason or another, are going to spin it as the past is the past, and, and there there is some merit to that. But the pushback that that some Auburn people, to their credit, were giving to their school when it became apparent that Lane Kiffin told them no when they were moving on to Hugh Freeze is not about the NCAA, so don't compare him to Bruce Pearl. It's not even about what was found in his phone records because that was five years ago. You know, football coaches, if you want to dig into a lot of them, you'll probably find some things. They're not all saints. Certainly not. It's not even about that. It's about all of that happens and still, and still you're sending emotionally aggressive messages to an alleged sexual assault victim that is an active lawsuit of your employer. That's the issue that people have with the guy in hiring him at Auburn. It's not NCAA. It's not escort services on his phone records. It's that all of that happened and still he can't help himself but send stupid messages like that. That's why people were bothered. Has nothing to do with what happened in 2017. Um, let's just climb into that story when we come back. So Auburn has, it sounds like, officially hired Hugh Freeze to be its next football coach. How do we get to this point, and what should we expect? That's coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studios. are cold and restless his wounds have almost healed and she give half a Texas just to change the way he feels well, she knows his love's in Tulsa and she knows he's gonna go well it ain't no woman flesh and blood it's that damn old rodeo oh well it's 
Monday afternoon, just three days left in the month of November. Where is this year gone? Where did this football season go? It certainly went in a hurry. I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. He called me. He was like, Michael, do you know that college football's over? I said, it's not over. He goes, but you know what I mean? Like, I remember talking to you in August about college football coming, and now here I am after I blinked my eyes and we're talking about how it's over. Flew by. Same every year. Never, never, never lasts long enough. It always takes too long to get here. Which is why Brian Haydad always reminds us that every Saturday is precious. There shall be no disparaging the lineup on a given Saturday because you've got to cherish it. We only get so many of them each year. Did we have one truly disappointing weekend in terms of results and drama no. this season? No. This was a unique Every year, right? I mean, because the, the top still and, has Georgia, and Michigan's kind of a, a new welcome addition to the top of college football. Uh, you, you know, there's still the blue bloods at the top, I guess, but it felt like this year was more gettable for more teams than ever before. More teams had games mm-hmm. that meant something than most years in the playoff era, if all of them, or if not all of them. We, we've got two undefeated teams, right? We've got Georgia and Michigan, and both of them are prohibitive favorites in the championship TCU. games this weekend. I'm sorry, we've got three. Forgot about TCU. And all three of them had close games, drama. Michigan had to win on a last-second field goal. Georgia... I mean, really probably should have lost to Missouri. TCU basically does that on a weekly basis. So even the teams without blemishes still struggled to get where they are. I mean, TCU absolutely won on a last-second field goal two weeks ago. Yeah. Right? with the Where they, they run everybody out and they kick it through the uprights uh, against Baylor. And, um, you know, as, as time is expiring off the clock. So, yeah, what, what a great season. It also feels like last Monday when we were sitting outside the skating rink at Holly Jolly Holidays in Oxford was a really long time ago, too. I mean, good grief. That was just a week ago today. I was you Borky, you were you were asking the question, did we have any weekends that disappointed? What were we about halfway through the season when we started doing the blitz on Monday? It's like kind of how we get into our yeah. show and everything that happened. Yeah. And I think that in particular has caused me to be reminded that no, we don't have any bad weeks. Because you got storylines. In, in wins and in losses and in coaches and in all kinds of stuff. The storyline that's big right now, though, uh, is uh, is the one that uh, Auburn has just created uh, in hiring Hugh Freeze as its next head football coach. They hired, or excuse me, they uh, they fired Brian Harson with a few weeks to go in the regular season. Uh, Cadillac Williams, Carnell Williams has been the interim head coach. Auburn's really come together around him and. They've done a lot of Auburn family stuff in the uh, the last couple of weeks, and uh, they were trying to hire Lane Kiffin, and they didn't get it done, right? What for 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 whatever reason they changed their mind. Lane Kiffin said no. I, I think we kind of know that it was Lane Kiffin that said no. There was a deal there for the taking. He decided ultimately not to take it. Did Auburn ever officially offer Lane Kiffin the job? Yeah, probably not. But I think we've talked in detail about. How this works, where nobody officially gets offered the job until they are officially offered the job. We know what happened. Um, let's start here. Ross Dellinger with a tweet, with a quote from uh, from Hugh Freeze. With anybody, 
I made sure they knew that if I hurt them, I was sorry. But it's time to move on. How many times can we write about it? How many times can we talk about it? I said I was wrong. I paid a price. My family paid a heck of a price. So, I, I, I'm having trouble with that as well. So, yes, he, he lost his SEC job. That's true. And was embarrassed publicly because the nature of it was embarrassing. But he jumped right into coaching again in a multi-million dollar job. Mm. Oh, he was out he, he took a year off. He got fired in July before, and then and then missed the next year, and then got hired again, and was promised forty million dollars by Liberty. Th that's not paying a price. Not in the way it's trying to be spun by by him and by media. He got off easy. Barney Ferrar or Ferrer, however you want to say his last name, he paid a price. That guy paid a price. He didn't get to jump into a multi-million dollar coaching job after the scandal. Where is he now? Is it? It's a community college here in the state, right? Not in the SEC yeah. anymore. Yeah. That guy paid a price. It's different when you can jump right back into coaching, cashing seven-figure checks. It is, but I mean, I, I don't... I don't have necessarily an issue with the guy saying that he's paid a price and his family paid a price. I mean, right, the the, the public shame and embarrassment that, that goes along with it is significant. And coaching at Liberty is clearly not coaching at the SEC. Your point about money is is certainly a valid one. Um, I, I think maybe of greater concern is what you mentioned earlier. It's less about what happened at Ole Miss and more about what happened more recently where he was – kind of trying to go to bat for his boss, I think, Ian McCall, in reaching out to someone who had a um, what a lawsuit filed against Liberty for uh, sexual assault and mm -hmm. uh, trying to kind of reach out to that person via social media unsolicited to vouch for his boss, being the most Jesus-like leader he's ever been around. Um, that was ill-advised. Was it criminal? No, absolutely not. No. Is it uh, is it icky? Yeah. Was it foolish? Yeah. Did he break any rules or any laws? No. It's it's just another kind of like a checkbox of another really bad look. But Auburn you didn't could hire him. And make it, you could stretch and make it some sort of illegal thing? I mean, is it witness intimidation or anything like that? I, mean, I don't think anything he said was intimidating, was it? Well, I mean, you know, the head football coach at the university reaches out to you when you have a sexual assault lawsuit against the university. I mean, that's... I imagine, a good lawyer could spin it. I'm not a lawyer, but I imagine a lawyer would say, uh, no, you don't do that. You Don't you dare. Um, for whatever that's worth. Now, if I'm Auburn, look, in the other side of this, I would be worried that nothing has been learned. If I were Auburn, I'd be deeply concerned. I'm not joking when I said to you in the break, though, the guy can coach. Auburn will be good next year. They'll be competitive right away. Ole Miss was competitive right away 
when Hugh Freeze took over a roster that was not anywhere close to SEC level. And they were competitive weekly in his first year. Same thing's going to happen at Auburn this year. But if they don't take social media away from that guy, they're setting themselves up for disaster later on. They have got to control him. That's the only way that I would hire him, knowing that he will win. You do a thorough job of vetting, number one, to make sure nothing else is going to come out. And if you're comfortable with that, you take it away. You know, we're committed $60 million or whatever to you. You can't tweet anymore. It's over. Your account is now ours. And when you tweet, termination with cause. Done. That's the only way I could feel comfortable with this. Just eliminate that distraction, that that possible powder keg altogether, and you will win if you can get rid of stuff like that. You know, part of the vetting process that John Cohen went through in, in both trying to learn more about Lane Kiffin and trying to learn more about Hugh Freeze was in talking to people who had worked with them. And in some cases, maybe people that had worked with both of them. And my guess is that there were people who worked with Hugh Freeze who said good things about him. I mean, if you want to go to... look. There are a lot of people in Oxford, in and around where I live. A lot of people in Jackson, too, probably, and maybe even some in Starkville. Probably fewer in Starkville, but maybe some. Who will absolutely stand up for Hugh Freeze and who he is as a person and will tell you that he made a mistake and that he's contrite and that he has asked for forgiveness and he's moved on and all those. And, and all of that may very well be true. Do you know the ultimate decision that John Cohen had to make? Because you are measured, whether this is right or wrong is certainly up for debate, but you are measured by one thing and one thing only in the Southeastern Conference. And that is whether or not you win or you lose. And while Hugh Freeze did both of those things in his time at Ole Miss, right? He won. It was a, it was a steady build from seven and six to eight and five to nine and four to a 10 win season. Yeah. Yeah. 10 win season with the victory in the sugar bowl. Then it kind of fell off at the end. I mean, people kind of forget that part of it. There's only been one losing season in the time that Hugh Freeze has been a college football coach. And so John Cohen went and hired a guy that he believes can win football games. We'll talk more about that next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, you want a uh, you want a little twist that's gonna give you another giggle? Hold on, well, let me take a sip of water here. See if we can get me mid sip here. We got a we got a spit take. Guess who the uh, director of compliance is at Auburn? M- Matt Ball, the former compliance director at Ole Miss. That does nothing for you. I mean, at the- if I had known the name ahead of time, we might have gotten there. But you having to explain it, yeah, yeah. But that's funny. Sorry, I've already bookmarked compliance at Auburn EDU. Don't worry. Have you? Yeah, we're, we're, I'm ready to roll. Mm. 
Might send him a, a warning shot. Be like, I'm just getting you warmed up. Just letting you know I, I might be there for you. Just so you know. Yeah. So we're talking about a second ago, right? I mean, uh, John Cohen's job was to hire, and, and somebody said John Cohen didn't hire him. I, okay, okay, okay. But, I mean, look, John Cohen's the athletics director, right? John Cohen's going to stand up there and introduce him. And, yeah, John John Cohen did kind of hire him. The, the two candidates that... And, and Auburn, I think, talked to other people, but the two people that they really zeroed in on and have been zeroed in on for a couple of weeks are Lane Kiffin. They went down that road first, couldn't get it done, and Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze was kind of the plan B candidate in the event that they couldn't get things done with, with Lane Kiffin, and they didn't get things done with Lane Kiffin, and so... Hugh Freeze came to the top of the list, and I mean, if not for some of the online pushback, maybe it would have been done sooner. Hugh Freeze said in his post-game press conference, sure, I'd be interested in that job, but I don't have an offer from them. That was on Saturday afternoon. We're at Monday afternoon. I mean, they probably started talking on Saturday night. Jimmy Sexton worked on the deal throughout the day yesterday, a lot of back and forth, some negotiating, I'm sure. And Hugh Freeze takes the job. Wonder how much they're paying him. I don't know, but he was always going to take the job. There were were people that Saturday were like, "Oh, he's got a decision to make." He never had a decision to make. No, 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 no. The decision was made. Um, It it is interesting though, because you know Auburn, and you can be one of those people that thinks that it was just a full-on media conspiracy and there's no truth to it if you want. But Auburn went after two guys. Lane Kiffin was priority one, and Hugh Freeze was 1B, option number two. If Lane, for some reason, says no, we're getting Hugh. After things really heated up, those guys didn't win another game. 0-5. Both of those guys. And Hugh Freeze, to his credit, after they lost badly to New Mexico State, admitted, my players asked me about it. It's a job I'm interested in. What do you want me to say? They haven't offered yet, but that you know, that probably led to some of that performance today. He was actually really refreshingly honest in that press stop after they got smoked the way they did. Kind of admitted, one, I want that job. Two, my players confronted me. And three, we probably played like crap because of it. That was that was kind of impressive on his part, actually. I don't disagree with that at all. The um, so what's it going to look like on the field? There's going to be a massive roster turnover. Hmm. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is going to have more resources. For recruiting, I mean, make whatever jokes you want to about uh, above the table, under the table, what's been done in the past, cheating, etc. The fact is, regardless of what you believe, the resources that are in place for Hugh Freeze at Auburn uh, are larger than they have ever been at any point in his career for the purposes of recruiting. And with less resources, he has shown at times the ability to be a good recruiter. And so it stands to reason that they will do a good job putting together a roster. I will be interested to see what his staff looks like. I don't think that Auburn is just going to say, sure, bring your entire Liberty staff with you. That's the key, right? It's staff. 
It's can he assemble an SEC caliber staff? Because that that he had issues with that at Ole Miss. Connections were a problem. Can he do that at Auburn? That's the and, and then of, of course can he handle the pressure? That's the X factor though. Staff hires. Kent Austin was his co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Kent Austin, former quarterback at Ole Miss, spent some time as the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss as well. The wide receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator was Maurice Harris. Um, he was with Hugh Freeze the entire time at Ole Miss. Uh, ben, I- I'm going to mess his last name up, Agamawa or A. Igamawa, was a graduate assistant with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss and went with him and has been an assistant the entire time at um, at Liberty. Just trying to see if there are any other. Uh, Tanner Burns was his special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach. Tanner Burns was the son of... Oh, the guy that was at Arkansas, right? Um. Oh, what was his dad's name? Coach Burns that was on Houston Nuts staff. Anyway, doesn't matter. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Winners and losers, that's how we'll start the 4 o'clock hour. Hey, guys, what, happened? what the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us all across the Magnolia State. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at Pearl River Resort or dancingrabbitgolf.com to book your tea time or schedule your trip today. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire, backed by world-class IT pro- professionals who live where you do, right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel, you can visit them online at genteelapparel.com. I've got the Genteel golf shirt on today. Get the Super Talk logo on it. Michael Borky wearing one of his new Genteel apparel pullovers. Yeah. You like that one. It's a good. Oh, one, isn't it? uh, and you know, uh, I, all three of them that I got are three different materials. But yeah. the best part is they're really thin, but still mm-hmm. warm. There you go. Like, like shockingly warm with how yeah. thin they are. Shut up, Ed. You can get your own Genteel apparels online or uh, pullovers online at genteelapparel.com. You love just the random, like, you, we didn't even say anything, and I'm like, shut up, hey, Dad. You got to, this is why you got to watch at Super Talk TV. 
That's right. He he was giving me uh, giving me reason to say that. Gentileapparel.com for the collegiate collection. Check out the uh, outerwear, the golf shirts, the uh, long sleeve button up sports shirts as well. And if you are out and about and shopping this time of year in Mississippi, be sure to check out the Willander in Brandon. Willander or Willander? I always mess that up. Mile 363 in Natchez. Sappington and Company in New Albany. It's T. Sappington and Company. Abraham's in Cleveland. Claude Julian's in Kosciuszko. MLM in Tupelo. Shirley Dogs in Corinth. The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven. And Oxbow in Memphis. Here we go. Time for winners and losers. All I do is We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. From the weekend, plenty to choose from. What'd you like? What'd you not like? The stuff you like goes in the winner's category. The stuff you didn't like goes in the loser's category. Hey, Dad, tell them who a winner is. Mississippi State. I mean, doesn't it have to be? Oh, my God. <laughs> As I've made this joke more than once, but I'm sure an Ole Miss fan can forgive me for reliving the past. It'll be all right. Uh, I mean, like I said on, on Friday's show, that win gives Mississippi State the ability to breathe. You know, 0-3 against Ole Miss was not going to have anybody on the Mike Leach bandwagon. And now he can he can continue to build his program, and move forward, hopefully, uh, the way he wants to. So looking ahead to next year, I think it's going to be a big year for Mississippi State. I think that's the up year in the cycle for them. And uh, by beating, by winning this game, you can focus on that instead of all of the stuff. I was, I was, I was planning for a, a year of, of, of content about how he had to go. I'm glad I don't have to do that now. Uh, the 2023 football schedule for Mississippi State starts with Southeastern Louisiana, then they host Arizona, then they host LSU. Three straight at home. Got to go to South Carolina, Alabama at home, then Western Michigan at home. Road trips in back-to-back weeks to Arkansas and Auburn, Kentucky at home, College Station, that's uh, Texas A&M on the road, Southern Miss at home, Ole Miss at home. That's a t- great chance for nine. Yeah. A sneaky, tough stretch early, though. LSU, South Carolina, Alabama. That's not fun when you have to go to Columbia. It's so funny thinking about it, like three weeks ago. You're like, oh, South Carolina, that's 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 know, station right? win that. Now I'm like, well, should be a good game. I think I'll go to that one. You should. I, I didn't go to Columbia for a reason. I haven't been in but, a long time. But you can have fun there, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, I've been. I just I was a kid when I went. So Yeah. Borky, give me a winner. All right, indulge me, uh, if you don't mind, for a little bit. So we have our winner-go-home game uh, with Iran tomorrow in the World Cup, right? USA, Iran tomorrow. We win, we move on, we lose, we do not. Uh, If you don't pay attention to geopolitics, there's civil unrest in Iran right now, Mm -hmm. uh, centered around mostly women's rights to exist as humans. Uh, Either way, uh, a social media graphic that was tweeted out by an American soccer account removed a symbol from the Iranian flag. It caused a firestorm. Iran is calling for the United States to be removed from the World Cup because of the transgression. And they had a press conference today ahead of the game. And the press conference 
ended up asking our coach about why we have warships stationed where they are. It got really, really bizarre, especially when our team captain, Tyler Adams, was asked a specific question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this for you. It's short audio, I promise, but I have never been prouder of an athlete than I am of our captain, Tyler Adams, handling this question, if you want to call it that, from an Iranian reporter during the press conference today. This is great stuff from our captain. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that and obviously it takes longer to understand and through education I think it's it's super important like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country so um, yeah it, it's, a, it's a process I think is as long as you see progress uh, that's the most important thing forgive me if that was a waste of your time I just found that awesome from our captain when uh, he was asked an, an emotional question from somebody that's running propaganda for a terrible government to handle it like that is emblematic of a Pretty awesome American, for whatever that's worth. You get to pick your own winners. That's a good one. Little, little, um, I started to say off the radar, but that's not true. I mean, there are a lot of people that are, are that don't fo- focus on soccer, right? I mean, that, that don't do like Hey Dad and get up early on Sunday mornings or in the middle of the workday, choose to watch whatever game is streaming in another part of the world, but do focus in during the World Cup. And this is an event that is rife with scandal. It is an international event. A country like Iran is not excluded. A country like... Does China participate in the World Cup? No, they didn't make it. But they would have liked to. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. China participates in the World Cup. Um, Qatar is in the World Cup. Middle Eastern, I mean, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has won a a match in the World Cup, and all of their players got Rolls Royces from the Crown Prince as a congratulations gift. Everybody gets to participate, right? I mean, FIFA doesn't exclude nations based on their atrocities. And so there's no way to avoid the geopolitical, I suppose, but yeah, that's, that's pretty well done. I mean, Spoken I guess like it would, a captain is what stood out to me there. Because it would have been pretty easy for him to go Iran, 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 potato, potato. Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever, dude. Uh, but he didn't do that. So yeah, well, uh, well played. Um, Michigan? Yeah. Michigan a winner. 
they didn't just win. I read a great story over the course of the weekend, I wish I could could credit it, that said Michigan is a football program that is built to win that kind of game. And we should have seen it coming. When you look at how the physicality of Northwestern bothered Ohio State, you should have known what was coming with the way Michigan runs the ball, with the way the block, with the way they pull multiple linemen to get going downhill to arrive mad and angry and ready to kick out an end. Ohio State's not a team that is built for that physical nastiness that Michigan brings. Michigan dominated that football game. Absolutely dominated that game. Finished the regular season undefeated. They're going to go to the playoff after winning a Big Ten championship and uh, may eventually run into Georgia. We'll see how that plays out. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Continuing winners and losers with you. We'll get to some of yours on the ceasefire text line coming up in just a bit at 601-879-4395. So I got one more winner I'd like to throw in. Uh, and this may seem a little counterintuitive. Uh, Luke Altmeyer is a winner in my mind. And there are people that would have not handled the season that he just had nearly as well as he handled it. I'm using the term kid here very loosely, so forgive me. I do not mean it as an insult. Luke Altmaier's a good kid. Kind of keeps to himself, pretty low profile, quiet-ish. He's a good quarterback coming out of Starkville. He's still a good quarterback. He didn't win the job. He was the consummate teammate. I watched him on the sideline a good bit on, on Thursday night. Kind of stood... No, next to him or close to him for a while. And I just, I had this thought of, man, what a good teammate to have handled this season the way that he has. To remain involved, even though it was clear after the fourth game of the season that they were going to do everything they could to not play him anymore. And now because of the rules that we've got in place, Luke Altmeyer's name goes into the transfer portal today, and he's going to have the opportunity to choose where he goes next and he's going to get that opportunity or he's going to get the opportunity to make that decision based on what he thinks is the best opportunity for him to go and play quarterback. And that's really cool for for a kid that was a great teammate, caused no issues along the way, handled the disappointment of not winning the starting job as well as it could possibly be handled and now gets a chance to go pick a new place. So I think Luke Altmeyer is a winner, and I hope things go really, really well for him in the future. And this story is why I'm such a fan of the transfer portal. I know it has its drawbacks, but it pre-portal, Altmeyer was stuck at Ole Miss forever. Would have never gotten a chance to play. Will Levis is another good example, actually. 
Will Levis, rightly or wrongly, is about to be a first-round draft pick. He would have never played if not for the portal. Wouldn't have played. And he would have gone on and had a regular career like the rest of us, which is a very nice and awesome life. And when you hear him talk, he would have ended up being successful. Altmaier, barring injury, was kind of facing the same fate pre-portal. Now he gets to go start somewhere. Gets Gets a reset on his career and gets a chance to show people that he can play. He's a good example of why the portal is not exclusively bad. It does good things. He's a great example of that. Yeah, I agree. What about losers? Losers. I'm not, I'm not going to call Bruce Feldman a loser. The guy's one of the best college uh, football reporters out there. But this tweet is a loser tweet. Lane Kiffin told me he informed his players this week prior to the Egg Bowl that he was staying at Ole Miss and he was waiting till after the game to announce because he didn't want to deflect any attention away from them or the game. As a, as a what I like to consider myself a top grade BSer, this is above and beyond. What <laughs> at some point you know Bruce again you know you want to keep a good relationship with the coaches, but at some point you got to be able to go really that's that was really your plan. You you want me to tweet this out like it's fact? Come on, come on. I didn't want it to be a distraction. Wouldn't it have galvanized your team and your fan base to see you sign that contract? Which, by the way, as of 4.25 p.m. right this second, still unsigned. I don't know if he's waiting on Texas A&M to gather up $90 million to kick Jimbo out or what, but that's just a bad tweet and a bad take. Come on. Borky, you got a loser? LSU. That's and... And Texas A&M fans in the same game. LSU had a chance to go to the playoff oh. <laughs> and blew it against a bad, bad A&M team. They looked, not distracted, that's not the right word. LSU looked like they took that game for granted. Either way, they lost it, lost their chance at a playoff. Even winning the SEC doesn't matter. They're not getting in. I'm very pro-field storming. You cannot. As a team that has the most expensive roster in college football, preseason top 10, the most expensive stadium in college football, a coach with a $90 million buyout, storm the field after solidifying a 5-7 and seven season. You can't do it. You cannot storm the field after you go 5-7 and seven Considering where they were when the season began. Can't do it. Kansas can storm the field whenever they want. They're Kansas. Texas A&M, losers for doing just that. Hey, real quick, uh, Richard, Pete Thamel just tweeted out, Freeze's deal will be a six-year, $6.5 million per uh, contract. So that's six years and $39 million? That sounds right. A bargain. It feels like a bargain, yeah. And and, and my this guess is college football world and they didn't have to pay him as much. They knew that. All right. They knew he would take that job. They they they, they, they made him a offer that at least looks respectable. You know, they yeah. they probably could have offered him three point five and he would have taken it. Sure. Yes, they, they made him an offer that didn't embarrass him and wasn't blatantly obvious about 
the fact that they were lowballing him. Mm-hmm. But you know what? $39 million is a far cry from $80, $90, 100000000 million guaranteed, which is what had been discussed. And it makes it a little easier, I guess, to pay off the rest of that Gus money if there's some left on that. I, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Borky, I, I think you're onto something. Maybe, maybe Texas A&M fans weren't so much celebrating the win over LSU as celebrating the fact that now they could spend the entire offseason hopeful for what next year was going to be. Or is going to be. Hey, Dad sent me a tweet and from uh, what was it? A national twenty-four-seven guy talking 24/7 about twenty-four-seven guy. How Texas A&M is poised to have a huge year next year. I, I said that Texas A&M should put "Just Wait Till Next Year" in their fight song. You know, instead of "Saw Varsity's Horns Off," "Just Wait Till Next Year," "Just Wait Till Next Year," we're gonna be good then. You get it. Wait till next year. <laughs> Woo! You get a uh, every season ticket package that you buy, you get a free calendar of the next year. <laughs> so by this year, you get a free 2024 uh, calendar. Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that Auburn is a winner in getting you freeze? At the. At I mean, the end think, of the day, they got to I think they're going to win, win football games. games. Yeah. Go recruit well and win games. You know, how, how will it end when it inevitably ends? I, I don't know. Will it be with the unveiling of a statue? Will it be with heads hanging in shame? Will it be writing the check for another buyout because of underachieving and disgruntled fan bases? Will it be him leaving to go coach the Dallas Cowboys? I, I I don't know. I don't know. What history tells us is that Auburn is going to be good. And they're going to be good after a couple of years. And they're going to win some really, really, really big games. But history tells us that they are also going to lose some games that they're not supposed to lose. Right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's how it has gone for Hugh Freeze. Clearly, he was a better football team than the Memphis Tigers in 2015. They lost to Memphis in 2015. And they got cute in that game with play calling. Cost him a major injury. But he also had a pair of wins against Alabama. With teams that weren't as talented as Alabama. They're really talented Ole Miss teams, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But in comparison to Alabama, yeah. And then it just fell apart in that last season, right? I mean, 2016, It, I mean, the, the season started with a massive injury and then heartbreak and a loss and then heartbreak a couple of weeks ago in a loss to Alabama, and then it spun out of control. If he was allowed to coach the 2017 season, he might not even get hired by Auburn today. Mm. Yeah. That that was going downhill so fast, locker room issues and all that. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a peek at your winners and losers on the ceasefire text line. You've sent us a bunch of those when we come back. Monday afternoon, the 28th of November, in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back on Sports Talk Mississippi. We're in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Let's go to the ceasefire text line and get some of your winners and losers. A bunch of them have uh, have come in. Auburn is a winner. They will play in the SEC championship game within three seasons. Okay. Winner of South. I'll take a bet, friendly bet, donation to a charity of your choice, or my choice if I win. I will take you up on that bet. Virtual handshake, sir. All right. You, Porky, uh, that message came in at 422 if you want to uh, scroll and uh, offer that in case the person is not still listening. But, yeah, it's, it's there if you want it. Uh, winner, South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah. Uh, winner, Spencer Rattler. Been pretty big the last couple of weeks. That was a bad fourth and or first and goal after the fourth down interception, but uh yeah. Uh winner. Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze combined 0 and 6 down the stretch and both got raises. Okay. It's working smarter, not harder. Loser, the line judge in the Delta State game that threw a horrible flag in the last minute of the third quarter that completely changed the trajectory of the game. Winner, Knox Kiffin, for telling Dad, I want to stay in Oxford. Okay, We'll talk about this later, uh, but for whatever it's worth, there's an article in OutKick where Lane kind of outlines why he stayed. And for... Some of you on the text line that think that Auburn moved on from him and he didn't turn them down, you're just simply wrong. Uh, you know, did the course change pretty dramatically there at the end? Sure, but the, the end is what it was. Read that article. It's interesting. Very interesting about why he decided to stay at Old Miss and does talk about his kids, which is why I'm comfortable sharing it here. I wouldn't say that otherwise. Uh, loser, the reporter from Starkville that ran with the report that Kiffin was gone as unprofessional as they come. That's from Aaron in Madison. I don't think that's entirely fair to John Sokoloff, actually. Um, no. I, 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 my guess is that given the opportunity to rewrite the initial tweet on Monday night, that he might have... He might have typed that or written it a little bit differently than he did. 
But John was going on what he believed was reliable information. And sometimes you have to take a risk, and sometimes you just are wrong. And when it's, you know, an end game of either he goes or he stays, and you put out there that he is absolutely going, if it turns out that he stays, you end up with a little bit of egg on your face. Um, but I don't think that was a spiteful tweet from John Sokoloff. I don't think he got necessarily played by anybody. I think the circumstances just changed. Yeah. and He didn't make it up. No, he didn't. And I think, I mean, Haydad's friends with him. I, I don't know him nearly as well. I talked to him a little bit on Thursday night on, on the field. John's a nice guy. And he yeah. was not the idea, intentionally by the way, doing anything to hurt his career or hurt Ole Miss, and I, I, I stand by that. The, the idea that, by the way, that people have been putting out that he's a Mississippi State beat reporter, inaccurate. Right, he works for a Columbus television station who covers State and Ole Miss equally. They have a reporter, which is him sometimes, in Oxford. They have a reporter in Starkville, and they travel to both away sites for, for, for games. He is not a MSU beat reporter. Yeah. I, look, I, I don't know where John's from. I don't know what his background is. I know he's a... I think he's a nice guy, and I will tell you this: the the idea of being a sports reporter at a television station at one time twenty years ago that was a really that was a really good job and a really glamorous gig, or at least seemed to be. With what has happened with local television news, that is. Thankless is not the right word because it's still a cool job. But those jobs in small markets don't pay a lot of money, and you work a lot of hours and work really, really hard. Anyway, I'm not trying to necessarily stand up for the guy. I just think some of the angst directed at John Sokoloff is a little misplaced. And I think the way that Lane Kiffin has gone after him repeatedly is a little out of line also. But... Suppose Lane Kiffin has the right to do that if he wants to. Um, John shot his shot on Monday, and it didn't work out. Sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Winner, Alabama basketball. It's a good one. They beat North Carolina in four overtimes yesterday. You guys watch any of that game? It no. probably got lost in but. the NFL shuffle, but it was a great basketball game. Yeah. You know, uh, the Saints also got lost in the NFL shuffle. They forgot that they were in it. Yeah, if the Saints had won that game yesterday, they would have been tied for first in the division. Or one game. No, they didn't, so they aren't. The most undisciplined team I've ever seen. The only reason they're losing is they're taking the proverbial gun and shooting it directly at their own feet. That's it. Winner, Mississippi State men's basketball. That's from Terry in Greenwood. I'll Played be at well. the hump in uh, about two hours as they try to go, to, I think, to 7 or no? Looks like, by the way, I saw you know, he's a brand new coach and he's been with the team for months now, though. So it's not like he's he just started coaching them this week. They've been together a while, but. Uh, 
after their most recent win, I saw video of uh, of him and his team afterwards. They seem to love their coach already. Like they weren't just giving a little high five and going yeah. to the locker room. It was like this is my guy right He's, here. Thanks, coach. I love you. Like let's keep working, kind of stuff. It it, it looks different. He's it, it, the early. It's early, but the early returns are very promising on Chris Chance. Yeah, turned ugly into an art form the way they play basketball. Bobby and Bates will win, or hopefully, me and the other five people that believe Kiffin was staying at Ole Miss all along. Loser me because I'm not nearly as excited about Kiffin staying as I was last week after the way that he handled it. That's from Bobby in Batesville. Uh, Malik Heath, massive loser. Malik Heath had a really good season and probably improved his draft stock this year. I, I don't know if he's got an NFL future or not, but it's more likely now, based on the season that he just had, than what he had done in previous years. Now, if you're just going, oh, he was 0-3 in Egg Bowls, then okay, fair enough. Uh, loser, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That game on Thursday night was not pretty. Hey, Dad might disagree with you because of the outcome, but yes, the game itself was not a work The of game art. itself was not aesthetically pleasing. We'll put it that but way. That's kind of college football, right? Pretty games exist yeah, I mean, in the NFL. Yeah. There's not many pretty games in college. That was chaotic. You had mistakes. You had big plays. You had turnovers. You had sacks. You, and in you, this, man, game in Philadelphia on Saturday was pretty. It was good stuff. Best college football game this weekend that nobody watched was Temple and East Carolina. You don't believe me, boy. Borky, you should go back and watch it on uh, on replay on ESPN+. Plus. You're going to get right on that, aren't you? Right yeah, after you watch sure. Karate Kid? Ah, uh, loser Cole Kubelik and Jordan Rogers. Loser not, uh, Lane Kiffin for not going for a field goal and probably winning the Mississippi State game. Winner, this is from Kelso. Hope you got it earlier, Kelso. How about JMU beating the heck out of Coastal Carolina and earning their way to a conference championship? Loser the NCAA for not letting them participate in said conference championship. Very stupid. That stinks. They, they deserve to be there. Another another NCA. I don't know who the loser is, but this this situation they had. I think in Las Vegas, playing a women's basketball tournament, they had an injury and there was no medical personnel available. They're playing in a ballroom with no seats. This this is 2022. What what are we doing? That's some Las girl Vegas. had to lay on the court. Some girl had to lay on the court injured for 40 minutes. Because there was no one there to tend to her, and wasn't it like a back injury, like something where they, it, like she didn't something roll that, yeah, her you ankle, need to get like, immediate attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just awful. I mean, you know, it's women's basketball, so it's you know we sort of make a snide comment maybe or something, but it's like if that was North Carolina or Duke playing men's basketball and that happened, that would be the lead story on Sports Center how unacceptable that was. Uh, let's see here. A couple more of these before we get to the break. Uh, loser, those who have called John Sokoloff, the reporter from Starkville, Kiffin included. Uh, In fairness, when you from, pulled up his Twitter Jersey. bio, he had his location set to Starkville. That that kind of leads people to think that that's where you're from. I missed from this. Jersey. This is Matt from Sturgis. Uh, loser, Arkansas men's basketball coach post game. Oh, we'll have to check in on that. Missed that. Debbie says, loser the Saints. Yes, they are. It's very true. much so. It's true. Quite literally. Those are your winners and losers. Three segments worth on this Monday afternoon. We'll be back. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. One last time to the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, and Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Online you can find them at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays happening now through January the 2nd. That includes the ice rink, which is uh, open. It has been sampled by my kids multiple times already. And uh, you can check it out as well. Um you can find the hours online at visitoxfordms.com or check out their social media feeds for any updates. Like yesterday, they had an issue with some humidity and some wind, uh, and it caused an earlier closure than anticipated. So be sure to follow along on their social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at visitoxfordms. We just had, we went through it in the Blitz to begin the show. We had an incredible weekend of college football. What stands out to you the most from this past weekend? Was it Michigan dominating Ohio State? Was it the play of Caleb Williams? Was it Nick Saban's bloody face? (laughs) What stood out to you this weekend? Oof. I, I think the, the two things that stood out to me, the two games that stood out to me the most were, were the two games they're playing at the same time. Michigan and the way they've completely flipped their rivalry with Ohio State. Now they're the dominant program in the Big Ten, and they are built to beat Ohio State year in and year out. Ohio State, uh, Dave Portnoy, say what, say what you want about the guy, but he said it. He's like, Ohio State's not built to take to play man football. They're not built to play the Big Ten way anymore. And now Michigan is, and they're going to. I think they're going to continue to dominate that rivalry for a couple of years. And then Clemson, South Carolina. You can't turn your program around until you start beating your in-state rival. That's that's got to be the first step. Nine times out of ten, there may be some odd coincidences where it's not. But if you can't be number one in your state, you can't be number one anywhere else. So that's the first step for Shane Bieber. And I agree with what Borky had to say. Dabo's way of doing things is going to be a little antiquated. Did I pronounce that correctly? I I just feel like, you know, the whole, thank you. We're not going to use the portal and we're not going to let guys who are committed come in on visit. You got to change. You know, I just don't think it's any coincidence that Dabo's greatest success, granted, he recruited the guys, but when he had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, well, anybody can be great with quarterbacks like that. But can you be great when you when you know you don't have those elite quarterbacks and you can still because you're not you're not playing a whole ton of competition there in the ACC. You should go eleven and one. You should go twelve and zero. So I, I don't know yeah. if that's a changing of the guard happening in South Carolina, but I, I, Shane Beamer has done nothing but impress me since the day he, he took the job. He's just been good yeah. every step of the way. He's just been good 
Borky, out of all of it this weekend, what stand out, stood out to you the most? To me, what's going to happen next? I think this weekend set up possible chaos, which is exciting. Ohio State losing. We knew Ohio State or Michigan was going to lose. Clemson gets knocked out completely, so the ACC championship is inconsequential. But, man, TCU looked really good. USC looked really good. What's going to happen, though, if one of them loses? God forbid, what's going to happen if Michigan loses to Purdue? Sounds crazy. It's not it that crazy. What happens if Spoiler one of these makers teams, is a thing. Yes. What happens now if one of these teams loses? Because you've got one loss. And, and here's an interesting take that I heard from somebody else. Why is it that USC, for example, can get punished when they play an extra game? They said the playoff should be solidified now. Because if USC loses, guess who's going to jump them and get into the playoff? Ohio State. But why? Ohio State didn't have to play this weekend. Who's to say they wouldn't have lost an additional game if it was given to them? So why would USC get punished for playing an extra game, but Ohio State would get in after getting smoked on their home field? Very interesting thing. But either way, this weekend set up what is going to be a fascinating conference championship weekend should one of these four teams lose. Kansas State, TCU. Would you be shocked if Kansas State beat TCU? Not no, at all. You wouldn't. No. They played an epic a few weeks ago. Yeah. You'd probably be pretty darn surprised if LSU beat Georgia. Georgia's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. But stranger things have happened. You'd be pretty shocked if Purdue beat Michigan. Michigan is a 16-point favorite. Spoiler makers. Would, would you be shocked if Utah beat USC for a second time this season? No. No. So. Utah is 9-3, and three, and their three losses are by a combined 3-6, 16 points. They lost by 3 to Florida. They lost by 3 to Oregon, and they lost to UCLA by 10. It's a pretty good football team. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, college football fix, coming up next. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Five o'clock hour Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book of the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them online at PearlRiverResort.com to learn more about the sports book or just stop by in person and enjoy all of the TVs, the interactive betting kiosks, the great food, all they've got to offer. That's the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. It's time right now for the College Football Fix.
football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough, but don't stop, stop there. Stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer and test drive an F-150, F-Series, best-selling trucks in America for 44 straight years. So we talked a fair amount today about Auburn. That is the news of the day, Hugh Freeze leaving Liberty to take the Auburn job. But there was so much last week and the week before about Lane Kiffin. So what do you guys think about ultimately the decision for Lane Kiffin to stay put at all this? It, it, it's very, a lot of it's very interesting. I think, um, I've been thinking about this all day and how to word this. And most importantly, there are people pushing back on the idea that it was ever considered. That, that, he, that he never considered Auburn. That it was a media ploy that just kind of made all of that up. And if you want to believe that, fine. I don't think we should have that argument because I think it's a waste of time. People have their minds made up and, and whatever. I've been really critical of how this was all handled, and I think my criticism was justified. It could have gone differently. But at the end of the day, people are very quickly going to forget about that. Some fans don't even really know what happened. Some fans do and are mad right now. Some fans do and don't really care. That's going to go away quickly. The details are going to stop mattering very soon. People are going to forget that. Whatever fractured relationships there are there between he and his bosses and boosters and stuff, that's going to get mended pretty quickly. And at the end, the truth is, Auburn made your coach priority one in their search. And they came after him hard. And regardless of the reasons why, he told them no. And I think that that is validation for your program. That Auburn, who, according to the SEC Network, is a no-brainer choice, significantly better job than Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin would be crazy not to jump at that opportunity. Apparently he's crazy. Because he chose not to. And that means something for the perception of your program. That Auburn made your coach a priority and he told them no to stay at your place. So now you were able to fight off Auburn. You've got a salary that is now confirmed to be in the top 10 in college football. You've got an NIL, not a, not a promised fund. You've got $10 million ready to fire an NIL. You're currently rebuilding your facility for tens of millions of dollars. You are invested at least, financially like a big boy. And that matters for the forward-facing perception of your program. Details are going to be quickly forgotten. And at the end of the day, that is the reality. Lane Giffen is continuing to be your football coach despite Auburn's best efforts to end that. And that's a big deal, I think. And we'll see what next November brings when we, we, we're going to do this all over again. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what buyouts are what. But I think if you made me say, make a guess, 
I think that next year Texas A&M is going to say, okay, we have to get out of this, and that's the guy they're going to go after, assuming he has a good season at Ole Miss next year. But regardless, his name will be linked to jobs that open up every year, and this is what State went through with Mullen, and Ole Miss can go through it with Kiffin. I think Ole Miss is fortunate to not be, be looking for a football coach right now because if you look at this hiring environment, Luke Fickle quietly and quickly took the job at Wisconsin. Don't know how long they've been talking behind the scenes. Don't know how much Wisconsin had invested in the idea of Jim Leonard being their head coach. But Wisconsin season ended. Cincinnati did not win and therefore was not headed to the American Conference Championship game. And you heard yesterday they got it done. And Luke Fickle's headed to to, to Wisconsin. Matt Rule accepted the job from Nebraska. If Auburn had moved quickly, more quickly, could they have possibly gotten Matt Rule? I don't know. I, I feel like Matt Rule to Nebraska is a pretty good fit. They, they need to they need to build it from the ground up at Nebraska, and Matt Rule has proven that he could do that. Clearly, Ole Miss was not going to be in the market for Hugh Freeze if its job had opened up, despite what some people said online. That wasn't going to happen. And so you start looking at the environment that exists right now, and you wonder if Ole Miss had had to start a coaching search on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, what direction they would have gone. And so I think Ole Miss is very fortunate not to be looking for a coach right now. The last two weeks left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But the reality is Ole Miss has won 18 of its last 24 football games. They're headed back to a bowl game. they got a chance to get to a nine-win season on the heels of winning 10 games a year ago. They've got their quarterback coming back. I can't imagine them not doing whatever it takes to keep Quinshawn Judkins in the mix. Borky pointed out the whole NIL piece a second ago, and so Ole Miss is going to be extremely active in the transfer portal market again, and also in terms of putting together a high school signing class. And that gets here in a hurry. And December 5th gets here in a big hurry. That's when the transfer portal opens. So... I think Ole Miss is in a fortunate place. Whether you like how they got there or not really doesn't matter at this point. I think most Ole Miss fans would prefer not to have Lane Kiffin's name popping around when Black Monday happens in the NFL. It's easier to stomach, though, than a division rival. I mean... I was talking to a friend about this. He was like, uh, he said what Haydad said. He's like, well, well, how do we know this isn't going to happen next November? Richard, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You are a better source than I am. As I understand it, uh, one, his buyout has increased. Now, people seem to think that there's only one buyout number. There's two. There's buyout number if you fire him, and there's buyout number if he leaves for other job that has to get paid back to you. And that buyout number, if somebody wants to hire him away, has significantly increased. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the new number is. It was really, really difficult to get the old number. Um, But reportedly it was quite small, and that has changed, which is a... It it was one of the larger buyouts. I think there was one buyout in the SEC that was larger than the number that Ole Miss had in Lane Kiffin's last contract, and my assumption is that it's gone up a little bit. 
So so that's that matters some. And there are very few jobs out there that can pay what you are currently paying and that can come open. I mean, if Sark loses four games again, sure, Texas comes open. Uh, Texas A&M could come open next year. But, you know, where else is there? That's why I use the word perception of your program, the, the overall investment, because we've gotten some text. Well, why would they pay this to somebody going eight and four, that went eight and four? Well, it was offered before you went eight and four, number one. And number two, because you don't reactionary pay. It's, a, it's not just a sign for right now. It's a Ole Miss thinks that he is going to win a lot moving forward. And the number of places that can realistically come after, after him now continues to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. And it's easier to swallow if your coach leaves for the NFL. It's the NFL. It's a better job. It's even easier to swallow if he would leave for Texas. You know what I mean? It's the division rival who you don't think is a better program than you in the last 10 years with basically identical win-loss records tells you that at least in recent history it's not. That would have been really hard for people to swallow. But if it's in the NFL, it's easier to take because it's clearly a better place to be. Quick shout-out to uh, footballscoop.com. They really were on top of all these Kiffin... Oh, wait. No, they weren't. I wonder why that is. Sometimes conspiracy theories are real. John Cohen has released a statement. We'll give it to you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Auburn has announced Hugh Freeze as its head coach. As part of the release, this statement from Athletics Director John Cohen. After a thoughtful, thorough, and well-vetted search, we ended mm. where we started with Hugh Freeze. <laughs> of all the candidates we considered, Hugh was the best fit. Fit has several meanings, but the most important factors were student-athlete development, football strategy, recruiting, and SEC experience. Well, I'll give him credit. He left out words like integrity, values, things of that nature. We'll see what the press conference brings, though. How did that SEC experience end, I wonder? Hmm. Great for me. How did, how did that That final moment of SEC experience couldn't have been better for old Brian Adad. Hugh Freeze has been named the 31st head coach in Auburn's 129-year uh, history. Uh, Freeze's statement first. I want to acknowledge Cadillac Williams for the incredible job he did as interim head coach. The impact he made is immeasurable and cannot be overstated. Secondly, Auburn is one of the preeminent programs in college football, and I'm very appreciative of President Roberts and John Cohen for this opportunity at Auburn. 
I've been fortunate to witness firsthand how special Auburn is during my time as a head coach in the SEC and while visiting my daughter Jordan, who attended Auburn and currently lives in the community. I can't wait to work with our student-athletes and the Auburn family, buzzword, to bring championships back to the Plains. Let's see what the president say. Here we go. I'm pleased that our athletics director, John Cohen, conducted a detailed and thorough national search process, and I look forward to welcoming Hugh and Jill Freeze to the Plains. I'm impressed with Coach Freeze's focus on player development and his on-the-field success at multiple universities and at multiple levels. Those are all the quotes in the release. I mean, it's true. Look, he, he, he's a good coach. Uh, that The issues are... Now, there's some questions with coaching. It's it's the up and down, lack of consistency. I mean, happened at Ole Miss. You lose to Memphis in the same year you beat Alabama. I mean, come on. Uh, there's losses to Vanderbilt in his time at Ole Miss. I mean, that's that's a real thing. He beats Arkansas at Liberty, turns around and loses to UConn the, the next week. I mean, th- those are questions as well. But undeniable that, that they'll win football games. It's the other stuff, whether or not that he can handle that. I wonder about this press conference. Hey, Dad's talking about it. I imagine there are going to be... You know it's going to be tomorrow, too, and I can't go. Of course. That, 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 that sucks. But, but people are... I assume reporters are going to go. A lot of them are going to go just to carry water. But there, I assume, are going to be some that are going to ask questions about vetting and stuff like that. How is that gonna go? And do you try to like like dress the thing up like an event to avoid getting those kinds of questions? Where you have like the band and the cheerleaders there and balloons and all this stuff, and you make it a celebration of you instead of a introduction be, of you. It, it'll be two pronged. That's that's what opening press conferences are nowadays. I mean, yeah, you have the big why, group and you. You play the fight song and all that stuff, yeah. But, I mean, if you have real media there, they should ask tough questions. Well, but but if you think back to when Lane Kiffin was hired at Ole Miss and when Mike Leach was hired at Mississippi State, it was a two-pronged deal, right? It was the pomp and circumstance for Lane Kiffin. It was the video board dropped down in the pavilion and fans were invited, and it was it was a pep rally to announce the new head coach. And then there was a separate opportunity for media to – ask questions in the media room following the, the, the pep rally. Same thing with Mike Leach. Different, they did, um, different situation. No, different situation. We were all we, did, we didn't have a, a separate press conference. We oh, just really? asked our questions after they introduced him there in the, uh, in the SEAL building. But, but, but the fans were in there when we were asking questions. But, but Same with, you know, with Chris Leach Jans. He was to. asked about, uh, I was like, Chris Jans was asked about why you know, he was terminated from Bowling Green and, and you know the incident that happened there in the press conference with the fans and the band and the cheerleaders were out. So it happens. But uh, like Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, though, didn't have to answer to messaging an alleged sexual assault victim. You know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's different. It's, uh, everybody was happy when Lane Kiffin got to Oxford. Everybody was happy when Mike Leach got to Starkville. And there was no scandal hanging over their heads when they got there. Even the Chris Jans thing. When did that happen? It was oh, like 10 years, years ago. 11 years ago, something yeah. like that. And, you know. Yeah. And hadn't had any incidents since then to, you know, right. keep it fresh in the mind. This is different. And maybe the setting will, will stop people from going all in, but I, I can't help but wonder if Auburn's going to try to prevent just a free microphone to any reporter there to avoid. I mean, John Cohen's going to want to try to control the media in this. He's going to. 
But will he be successful, I guess, is what I'm wondering. Well, it depends on if you're talking about Auburn media or national media. Auburn media is not going to dig in too hard. National media could be a different story. Could be. But we've already seen some national media taking a much different approach than they've taken in the past. I mean, Dan Wolken, of all people, kind of going to bat for Hugh Freeze on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, how the turntables, right? Is that did I get the reference right? Did I or did I mess that up? No, you nailed it. Oh, how Thank the turntables. You got it there. Um, Michael Scott. Yeah, Chris Lowe from ESPN has, has been, you know, mostly friendly in his tweets and the stories uh, about Lane Kiffin being hired. So, we'll, uh, and you go back with Chris Lowe. I mean, he had all that unfettered access to Ole Miss on a couple of sign on their big signing days. I mean, they, they're friends. Uh, let's see here. I've never seen uh, here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Freeze named head coach of Auburn, not Kiffin, as reported by Richard Cross. Yeah, at no point did I ever report that Lane Kiffin had been hired by Auburn. If you're trying to take what I said to Paul Gallo in a radio interview last Wednesday morning and say that that was me reporting that Lane Kiffin had been hired by Auburn, you're reaching big time. I've never seen bigger Hugh Freeze haters than on your show. He will win. The rest is none of your business. Is Integrity your radio show saying Lane Kiffin was hired at Auburn and then removing it? Y'all rent space in your brain to Hugh Freeze. Eh, okay. I got a big brain. Plenty of space. Um... A lot of people pointing out that uh, the last three coaches that have been hired at Auburn have also previously spent time at Arkansas State. That's a weird coincidence. Butch Jones, come on down. Or Blake Anderson. Well, could be, yeah. Well, there's, there's stuff up there. Great show, guys. Like jiving with y'all about Ole Miss because I'm all hail state, but I like it when both teams are very good. Appreciate that. Basketball's good around here, too, by the way. We, we as a state suffered our first loss over the weekend. Ole Miss lost to Oklahoma in that tournament championship in Orlando. Oh, yeah, in Dis- at Disney. the uh, Disney basketball? Resorts. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they got cold there in the last you know five minutes or so and, and lost by just a couple of shots. But, yeah, so Mississippi was undefeated until uh, Sunday, until Sunday afternoon in basketball. I, all right, so I'm, I'm going to address this. I, I addressed this on Wednesday on our show, and, and I'll, I'll do it again. Richard Cross, you did say Ole Miss did everything they could to keep Kiffin and could not. You said that and quickly removed it. First of all, that was never on my Twitter account, period. Okay, It wasn't. I was on Paul Gallo's show and talked very openly about the likelihood that Lane Kiffin was going to Auburn. And I did not do a good job, and I I said this the other day, I, I, I wish that I had said what I said differently. The backdrop of the conversation was that 
Um, Lane Kiffin had an offer to stay at Ole Miss. And it seemed unlikely at that point that he was going to stay. And instead of saying, Lane Kiffin has an offer to stay at Ole Miss, but if he leaves, and then going on with what I said, I I didn't say that. I, I think I thought that was kind of understood. I should have spoken more carefully. I didn't. And I've owned that, and I've admitted it. But the point that I was making was that Ole Miss had done everything it possibly could have done to keep Lane Kiffin. I think my direct quote was, Ole Miss has done right by Lane Kiffin every step of the way for the three years that he's been here. And what I said was, and Lane Kiffin chose Auburn over Ole Miss. And that's where I should have inserted, but if Lane Kiffin leaves, then it came down to the fact that he chose Auburn over Ole Miss. I didn't say that. If you want to beat me up for that, that's fine. It's cool. That was my intention all along. That's up to you, though. If you want to be mad at me for Lane Kiffin staying or leaving or not leaving or whatever, that's up to you. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. I suppose the reality is when you get into the uh, coaching change season, everybody's emotions are high and people are largely going to hear what they want to hear. I, I, You know, maybe, guys, in hindsight, what we should have done was just completely ignored the uh, the Lane Kiffin story. We just shouldn't that's, have talked yeah, about it at all. That's and just kind of waited and seen how it played out, and then once it was over, we said, "Well, interesting." We could we could we could apply that to everything and not talk about any of the games and just be a once a week show. We come on on Monday, we recap everything, and the rest of the week, well, you know, we didn't want to speculate. We could just do the like one and a half segments on Monday. We could do the blitz and then just move to the next yeah. week. That's it. Yeah, we don't want to offer any uh, any thoughts because you never know; we might be wrong. Yeah. Um, thanks for uh, being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Good to uh, be with you this afternoon. If you want to come after us or just chat, you can join us on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. You can be as uh, as nice or as ugly as you care to be. Santa's watching though. It's that time hey, of year. We- do we need to provide a, a an email address for this guy that wanted to complain to Super Talk about how we have discussed you freeze? Yeah, I'm I'm putting uh, I'm sending him our office phone number right now. Okay, and oh, uh, and also the email of our boss. So, there you go. I'm sure. Make sure you spell my name right. Don't don't you put I'm a sure Brian with a Y is in be there? Please, that you have well, opened them I, up I, to I, that. Maybe I should text him first and say, "Hey, I know I know you're listening right now." Um, do you want Look, to deal with this guy's if you email? Have any, or? 
If you have any problems with the three of us on this show, email compliance at supertalk.fm. Otherwise, do not slander the names of our hosts and their families. <laughs> Richard's trying so hard not to laugh. He knows that's funny. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to decide. Um, this last message, it, it's actually just me. He, 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 um... <laughs> I get it. I get the joke. So it's a good of, joke. So some of my friends call me Dick Cross sometimes. So it's it's really just me, not all three of us, as as you tell us. So, uh, <laughs> nickname that goes back a long way to uh, I don't know seventh or eighth grade golf team. Yeah, yeah. Guy that I'm still friends with started yeah. calling me Dick Cross a long time ago, and some of my closest friends actually call me that. So. Uh, buddy, I'll uh, I'll include you in that group. No, he said it's all three. Yeah, well, ah. Oh. Sh- uh. Should I make our boss deal with this tomorrow? <laughs> yes or no? No. Well, if you're gonna make somebody deal with it, send them to Will. Well, I think that's, that that's why I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's Will. Yeah, send it to Will then. Yeah, by all means. Okay, but just for the record. If he's not listening, tell Will to make sure he uh, you CCs us on those emails. Okay, but you were the one. By the way, I don't don't care. Has anybody actually said anything negative about Hugh Freeze today? I mean, kinda, kind of. Yeah, we we kind of. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's more you guys. I've kind of taken the high road. You you can't send messages like that. You just you you can't do it. It's incredibly stupid and emblematic of a a long term problem. And I stand by that, and I will forever stand by that. Uh, I think he's a giant hypocrite. I'll say it. <laughs> I I ain't got no issues. <laughs> and I thought it from day one, so I didn't go changing my mind. Um, but good football coach, which is all that matters. Isn't it funny? Places like it, it's places like Auburn that that really make me roll my eyes about college football and the way people talk about it. Oh, you you know, here's the thing about Auburn is you you need somebody with integrity to win at a place like Auburn. We're just we're a big family here. It's different here. You know, it's all about family and integrity and morals and values. And Bruce Pearl's your basketball coach who broke rules. I know it's ridiculous. He shouldn't have gotten fired for what he did, but still he did it. And also had an assistant coach go to prison. And then you hire Hugh Freeze. So stop the family crap. Stop pretending like you're morally superior oh, to now. everybody else. Families stick together through difficult times. Oh, of course. Stop all that garbage and pretending like... What, what did Brendan Marcello say? The most fantastical place in college football. I mean, stop all that because you are the same as everybody else. Morals don't matter if you're winning. That is the only thing that matters. You want to know why Auburn went after Brian Harson's personal life? Because he didn't win enough for their liking. If Brian Harson won 10 games in his first year, they never would have started the rumors about him and a staff member. Because winning is all anybody at the highest level of sports cares about. Don't pretend like you are special and you have morals went from when a... you hire Hugh Freeze and Bruce Pearl. Stop. What? Went, went, went from a coach who had rumors about infidelity to 
Well, you, you see where I'm going. Uh, this guy's mad because Hugh has family here and we're trashing him. I have family here. I get trashed. You should see some of the emails. You're trashing I get. me right now. My kids could be listening. What's wrong with you? You called. You called us a, a, a bad name, a swear. Also, if I'm making six and a half million dollars a year, you can say whatever you want about me, wherever you want about me. Um. We do have some folks that were not with us on Friday for obvious reasons, vacation time, family time, just away from the radio, out of their normal routines. And so, uh, hey, Dad, Debbie in Ocean Springs said, did Richard and Brian watch the Egg Bowl together? Oh, we were in the same stadium. We were in the same uh, stadium. Yeah. And she wants to know how Thanksgiving went. It was good. We, we had no, a I thought it was time. fantastic. We ate, well, I had a great one uh, Saturday as well. Oh, yeah? Richard. I should have bought a potato ricer years ago. Those were the best mashed potatoes I've ever had in my house. So good. What so is good. A potato Me having mashed potatoes a lot more. You take a, a potato after you boil it, uh-huh. instead of just mashing them, you, it, you squeeze it through this thing and it makes everything like smooth as butter. Like pureed almost? Yes. And then you add the butter. Two sticks of butter. Delicious. Yeah. So great, great, but the the cross Thanksgiving was one to remember as well. That was a fantastic event. It was. Uh, we had a good time. Had a good Can't time. wait to get back in twenty twenty four. Um. <laughs> oh me. I uh, I'm just trying to decide what can actually be read. <laughs> That's coming yeah, in. Through is, we got a lot of stuff here. <laughs> I suggest that we might just want to play Christmas music for the last few minutes of the show this yeah, afternoon. I, I would suggest not reading messages without proofreading them. Just a little pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> really? Could, couldn't happen to, to me. Why, just, why is that, Morty? I, I'm too professional for that, you know? Just, you know, in case <laughs> you hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, hey, man! Yeah, did you guys chest Did you guys sore. have any burgers this weekend, or um, did you just <laughs> stick to like turkey and ham and Stop turkey it. fixings? Turkey, yeah. I had a pork loin, yeah. Loin, yeah. You know. Mmm. Mmm. Why am I the way that I am? I'll never know. Why are any of us the way that we are? All right, we we are all not great. Or but my mom loves me, so I guess that's enough. The possibility for chaos this weekend. But is it... The flip side is also in play. That after a season that frankly has been more fun and has had more chaos than we've had in a long time, it's been less predictable, that we get absolutely no chaos. If Southern Cal beats Utah, they're favored. TCU beats Kansas State, they're favored. Georgia beats LSU, and Michigan wins in the Big Ten championship game. The playoff set, set, it's done. It's mm-hmm. over. And by the way, it'll be a great playoff. You'll get number one Georgia against number probably four TCU, yeah, and number two Michigan against number three Southern Cal. I would think. Or, Doesn't or maybe... Michigan deserve to be number one? They went and creamed the number two team at their house. They should move up. They should be number one. 
So Georgia's got an absolutely dominant win in the season opener against Oregon, a dominant win over then number one Tennessee. I mean, I don't know. I kind of think their resume is the same, and Georgia's already there. I mean, is is Michigan's win at Ohio State better than Georgia's win at home against Tennessee? And then what does Michigan have that stands up to Georgia's win over Oregon? No wrong. To me, to me, that would be the only differentiating factor. The larger question to me would be, does TCU stay at three or do they go to four if Southern Cal wins the Pac-12 championship game? We want Michigan Southern Cal, right? What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to the... Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Johnny was a schoolboy when he heard his first beautiful song. Love me do, I think it was from there it didn't take him Busy week coming up for Super Talk Mississippi. Tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi, us, will be broadcasting live from the Country Club of Jackson for the Connerly Trophy presentation, the award that goes to the top college football player in the state of Mississippi. That'll be a lot of fun. Always look forward to that. We'll visit with our friends from C Spire and from the College Football Hall of Fame, in addition to all of the other stuff that we would normally do on a Tuesday. On Wednesday, middays with Gerard Gibbert and Good Things with Rebecca Turner will be the uh, in downtown Cleveland, celebrating their beautiful display of 50 nights of lights, where over 1 million lights transform Cleveland into a winter wonderland during the holiday season. Now through January 1st, you can view the lights by walking down the trail or driving, and it's free. And then on Friday, Mississippi Farm Bureau will celebrate 100 years, and Super Talk Mississippi will be there. Join the Super Talk Mississippi team as we broadcast live from the Mississippi Trademark to celebrate 100 years of faith family, and Farm Bureau. So all of that is coming up this week. Somebody just said, what happened to Hey Dad? To borrow the words from the great Hank Flick, Hey Dad has gone to the hump for hoops, or something like that. That was not a very good Hank Flick impersonation. But, uh, yeah, Mississippi State's got hoops coming up tonight, and uh, he just uh, scooted out a couple of minutes early. So, um, hmm. What else have we got, guys? If you make me talk about the Saints, then I'm going to also walk out. Yeah, not going to do that. Yeah, please don't make me do that. Yesterday was, a outside the Saints, a fun day in the NFL. Yeah, it was, man. Football's How about the Jaguars? So good this year. Jaguars down, what, 28-27. They drive down, score the touchdown, and they go for two. And win? And win. And uh, Mike White? is now going to be the starter for the Jets moving forward, it sounds like. Zach Zach Wilson, you know, people brought this up in the draft process. We talked about it some. I remember he played behind the best offensive line in college football. The the amount of uh, hurries and hits and sacks against him were the lowest. When he was at BYU? When he was at BYU, was the lowest in college football. He never faced pressure. And in the NFL, a clean pocket is pressure in college. 
Like your pocket awareness has got to be excellent in that league, and in college he didn't have to have it because he was so well protected. But there are people now that are saying that that, in hindsight, is a huge issue. He doesn't understand how to navigate in a dirty pocket because he never had one in college. Yeah. And also, apparently the team really didn't like when the offense, or when he had nine completions and ten punts, and the yeah. offense didn't score in a really close loss. And he blamed the defense. And he was asked if he takes if he takes responsibility, if the offense should take responsibility for the loss, and he said no. That that was kind of like the final straw of, okay, this kid sucks, and also he doesn't get it. The backup's better anyway. And then they start him and they win. Yeah. Uh, Threw for three touchdowns and a 31-10 win over the Bears. Titans had a really dumb penalty that cost them an opportunity to uh, drive down the field and maybe be able to win the game. Commanders beat the Falcons. Panthers won over the Broncos, and they put themselves in a great position in the division. The NFC South, Tampa Bay 5-6, and six, lost yesterday. Falcons 5 and 7 lost yesterday. Panthers 4 and 8 won yesterday. Saints 4 and 8 lost yesterday. If the Saints had won yesterday, they'd be half a game out of first place. But they didn't. Carolina's win to get them to 4 and 8 yesterday got them within a game and a half of first in the division. It's it's insane that division. It's bad. It's horrible, and they have just completely blown opportunities at every every corner. They got and they're not out of it yet. No, really. I mean, you know, does it look good? Of course not. But they've got games remaining against the Bucks in the division, the Falcons in the division, the Panthers in the division, and games outside the division against the Browns and the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's doable. Yeah, yesterday's a perfect example of that team, though. I mean, they have an interception. Which would, would would have been a big interception. They take it all the way down to San Francisco's 10, gets called back on a bad defensive holding before the ball was thrown. Alvin Kamara fumbles on the goal line. San Francisco's basically conceding that they're going to kick a field goal to end the half, but a terrible late hit out of bounds extends their drive and they score right before. It's stuff like that that they do where it's just undisciplined, terrible football that leads to them losing games they shouldn't because the roster is good enough to win, and they just don't because they constantly shoot themselves in the foot. Very poorly coached team. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow from the Connerly Trophy presentation in Jackson. Looking forward to being there. Of course, the Connerly Trophy presented by C Spire. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for being with us. Have a great Monday night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.